Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, former Border Chief Mark Morgan, film and television actor Eric Close, world champion juggler David DeMuzio, country singer-songwriter Corey Lane. Welcome, everybody. You know, every time we do a show, we have wonderful guests out here in our studio audience. Every one of them are truly valuable to us. We love them. We're grateful that they come. Every now and then, we have somebody that's just incredibly special. Tonight, we have, I believe, the most special guest we have ever had in our studio audience. And I want to pay tribute to a wonderful gentleman who watches our show every week and his family made it possible for him to be here. He is 105 years old, a World War II veteran. And I want you to give a big, big welcome to our favorite audience member ever, Ned B. Kent, right down here on the front row. I think it is fair to say that we don't get too many 105-year-old people here in the show. And when we do, it's a big deal. And Ned, we want to tell you not only how grateful we are that you are here in the show, somebody who watches the uh, Huckabee show every week, but you know, all of us owe you a big debt of gratitude for serving this country and keeping the world free by your service. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Well, it is Easter weekend, and it's a great time to be reminded of one of the most wonderful sermons that I ever heard. It was first delivered by Shadrach Meshach Lockridge, S.M. Lockridge, who from 1952 to 1993 was pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church of San Diego. Dr. S.M. Lockridge preached all over the world, and he was without doubt one of the greatest communicators the gospel has ever had in all of Christendom. His creative and soaring capacity for painting pictures with words was surpassed only by his spellbinding delivery. This amazing black pastor and renowned spiritual giant often spoke at Billy Graham's schools of evangelism as well as at conferences all over the world. His message of Easter was one that I first heard on tape back in the 1970s. I never forgot it. And to this day, it rings true to my soul. No one can deliver it like Dr. S.M. Lockridge. But as we observe Easter weekend, I want to share with you an excerpt from his unforgettable message. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, 
The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter's denying. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walk into Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday, and Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The world's winning, people are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise him up next to criminals. Yeah, it's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what's happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday is coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Ooh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. And my king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. And Sunday is a coming. I will never get over the simplicity of Dr. Lockridge's vivid reminder that the final chapter of our lives is not the one that is written by the pain and looming disasters of our Fridays. In your life, there may be, could be a Friday right in your face. A doctor's report that has you facing a long path to recovery or perhaps a long path to the end of life. Maybe you're facing a broken relationship that you just can't repair. You may be faced with the death of a family member or a dear friend with whom you were inseparable. You may be overwhelmed with the guilt of a sin committed that you can't forgive yourself for. The burden of financial ruin may have destroyed your peace and left you with nothing but fear. Yep, for you, it's certainly Friday. But as Dr. Lockridge reminds us, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. That, my dear friend, is the message of Easter. And when it seems as though God has moved and left no forwarding address, that he has abandoned us to our sorrow and our suffering, and when we feel like there's no real reason for us to keep living or even to keep trying, just remember, it's only Friday and Sunday is coming. The story of Jesus didn't end on a Friday. Sunday came. And the Jesus that came out of the grave when he overcame death itself hasn't forgotten you either. The stone wasn't rolled away to let him out. It was rolled away to let you see in and know that Friday wasn't the end of the story. And Sunday was just the beginning. After the break, I'm going to be talking with former Commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, Mark Morgan, talking, of course, about the problems that we're facing down at our southern border and what can be done about it. We're going to be back in just a moment. Don't you go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Go to MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back. Now, if you think the migrant crisis at the southern border is bad now, you ain't seen nothing yet. The Biden administration is set to drop a public health emergency order called Title 42 that'll open up the proverbial floodgates to America. My first guest tonight is Mark Morgan. He spent 30 years in law enforcement. He served six U.S. presidents, including as Border Patrol chief under Barack Obama, and is acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection for the Trump administration. He's now a visiting fellow at both FAIR and the Heritage Foundation, heading up their conservative oversight project and doing the work that some of our elected officials, well, they won't do, exposing corruption and holding people accountable. Please welcome to the show a true American hero, Mark Morgan. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Governor. We are hearing that because of the lifting of Title 42, we're going to see 18,000 people a day, 18,000 every day, illegally crossing the border and fanning out all over the country. That's right. And Governor, you said something, though, that was very important is there's some talk that uh, by the ending of Title 42 is going to create the, the, the tidal wave of illegal immigration. That's just not true. The tidal wave has already begun. Mm. They've used terms like surge. We passed surge 14 months ago. We're already in the middle of a catastrophic, unmitigated crisis along our southwest border that we've never seen in our lifetime. But what's going to happen once Title 42 ends, I, I'm stealing Senator Kennedy's statement, it's going to be like the Hindenburg crashing into the Titanic. Mm. Wow, that's a pretty powerful metaphor to think about it. You know, people say, yeah, but we've always had uh, an issue at the southern border. Put in perspective for us why this is different than anything we've ever seen before, whether or not the president was a Democrat or Republican, we've never seen something like this. Yeah, and I think that's important. Again, I served under six, six administrations, both Republican and Democrat. The difference is, for example, under President Trump, he was listening to the men and women that are on our front lines, that are entrusted with protecting this country, and he listened to them. He gave them the vast set of, of tools, authorities, and policies they needed to do what? to secure the border. President Trump was committed to his constitutional obligation to protect this country from the threats facing us from outside our borders. And that's exactly what he did, Governor. This administration inherited the most secure border in our lifetime. The difference is this administration, rather than securing our border, they've dismantled our border and they're doing it with intent. The morale at the border among the very agents that you were responsible for leading must be abysmal. And I can't imagine, and I remember when the President of the United States castigated people on horseback who were doing their jobs and doing it effectively, and he talked about how they had done evil, criminal things, when in fact, they were simply trying to protect even those very people that they were accused of hurting and, and accused of horse whipping, which was not true. Yeah, so Governor, first of all, thank you. Thank you for bringing up the, the brave men and women that every day, even though all the tools have been taken away from them to protect this nation, every day they're still getting up and they're putting that badge on their chest and they're going to the front lines of our nation's border trying to protect us, even though all the tools have been taken away. And we had our own president, as you said, uh, used his bully pulpit to go out there before the investigation had even began and, and said, he, he, he confirmed that they had whipped people, which was a lie, and quote, he said, they will pay knowing it was not true. Yeah. And right now, where's the investigation? You know, the Border Patrol honor uh, a motto is, is um, it's about honor and uh, honor first. And, and what we've been saying is, where's the report? Where's the report that they yeah. had for eight months that's gonna show that in fact they're exonerated and they weren't whipping uh, until they put that report out there and, and reinstitute these individuals' reputation, they're without honor. Mark, we're hearing about people who are coming across the southern border, but then they're being put on airplanes and they're being flown all over the country. So these are not people who are staying in South Texas or in Arizona or California. They're going all over the country. That's right. What is it that's happening in communities when 
uh, a lot of unattached young men. These are not families, husband, wife, two or three small children. These are 16, 17, 18-year-old men. What are they doing when they get to these places around the country? Yeah, so there's a couple things here, Governor. Another good line. And so let's talk about when those flights are happening. Those flights are happening in the middle of the night. Yeah. Right? So if they saw a perceived political benefit from the, or they saw this, that most Americans would be on board with this, they'd be doing those flights in the middle of the day, right? They'd have a ticker tape parade and they have the media out there, but they're not because they know that most Americans are going to say, hey, wait, this doesn't make sense. And the majority of them, as you said, are actually 15 to 17 years age. Most of the, the countries are coming to, they're of military military or working age, you know? Look, as, as an FBI special agent, I worked gangs in Southern California. One of the big ones, MS-13, it's the most violent, prolific transnational gangs in this country. Their, their motto is rape, kill, and control. Mm -hmm. And they're in every major metropolitan city. Unfortunately, what happens with a lot of these unaccompanied minors, uh, they end up in gangs. And the statistics have showed that again and again and again. Is there any hope that things that are being done at the state level? I mean, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas, he said he's going to put folks on buses, take them to Washington, D.C., and drop them off in the Capitol steps and say to Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, hey, you wanted them? You yes, got sir. them. Here they are. After that. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like that there is a desperation on the part of those who are having to spend enormous amounts of taxpayer money for education and health care and housing and uh, all of the things that go with it, not even to mention criminal prosecution and apprehension of right. people who come for nefarious purposes. Where does this go? Yeah, so Governor Abbott, I have to say, he has done more than any other governor. Uh, I, but yeah. you're not a governor anymore, so I can say that, yeah, right? Yeah, it's true. So, so, so he's done more than any other governor in, in, in our country to really secure our borders and fill the gap that's been left by this administration. One of the major operations, Operation Lone Star, that he started back March, uh, it's, it's, the success has been tremendous. Uh, but that's exactly right. We need more governors to step up to do what Governor Abbott is doing. L let me give you just one quick stat that we don't talk enough about that Governor Abbott's really having an impact on yeah. is gotaways. Those are illegal aliens that break into our country and they evade the apprehension. In the first 14 months of this administration, there's been more than 700,000 gotaways. 700,000. 700,000, Governor. That's larger than the entire population of the state of Vermont. And here's the reality that this administration won't tell the American people. The fact is there are some bad people among that 700,000. There are murderers. There are rapists. There are aggravated felons. And there are gang members among that 700,000. And they're making their way to every state in this country. Why, why is this a left or right thing? This should be an American thing to secure our borders and to protect our nation. And Mark... I got to tell you that uh, the White House press secretary says that that's not really a problem for them to get away because we're giving them cell phones, <laughs> smartphones, and that way we can track them. I couldn't believe my ears when that was the excuse that we're providing smartphones. We have elderly people who can't afford one yep. to call 911 if they fall down on their uh, uh, their floor, but we're giving smartphones to people who are illegally here under the guise that we're going to track them. How right. How does that make you feel? Well, I, I think that's why, Governor, you're, you're seeing the polls on this. People are finally waking up and they're paying attention. I think that's why you see he's beyond upside down on the polls with border security because the most Americans, they, they look at that and you don't have to be a border security expert to say, that, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. How can we do that? They call that ATD, alternative to detention. That's a big thing because someone that breaks into our country, commits a crime, they will not detain them. They don't want to detain them. You don't detain them, there's no consequences. There are no consequences, they're going to keep coming. Again, you don't have to be a rocket scientists to understand that. And that's what this cell phone is about. And let's not forget Secretary Mayorkas, who, by the way, should be impeached. His goal is we're, we're going to help them illegally enter. We're not going to detain them. And then once they've been here for a while, I'm going to prevent ICE from lawfully de de deporting someone that remains in the country illegally. Well, I mean, that, that's, we're living in an alternate universe, Governor. We truly are. I, I'm so glad that you have served our country. I wish you were still there. I think a lot of us do, but uh, continue to be a a very strong vocal proponent of keeping our laws, because, Mark, we desperately need that. For our audience, I know that you'll want to keep up with Mark Morgan and the work that he has with the Heritage Foundation. We've got links for you at Huckabee.tv, so go to those and find out how you can keep up with what Mark is doing as he continues to serve our country. Well, up next, Keith Bilbrey. He's going to be a link to the rest of our show, as in right now.
Well, next, Mike's hilarious news stories on In Case You Missed It. Later, world champion juggler David DeMuzio. Stay with Huckabee. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, one of the things that's so much fun about being here in the theater during a show is we get to hear the best band in America, and I'm talking Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Would you yeah. give them a big, wonderful hand of appreciation? The Easter Bunny left a surprise in my yard. <laughs> no, it's not last year's eggs. It's this week's Easter edition of Hard Boiled News on In Case You Missed It. I bet you didn't know this, but the National Confectioners Association reports that Easter is the second biggest candy eating holiday after Halloween. Really? Yeah. Did you know that, Keith? No. Well, it is. Makes sense. It is also far and away the biggest holiday for eating egg salad sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. See, you're learning some stuff hey, here tonight. This is such an educational show. That's what it's all about. Yeah. We might as well be public television. That's what we are. <laughs> In 2021, Americans ate a record 36.9 billion dollars worth of Easter candy. Wow. Wow. And with inflation, they expect this year's numbers to be even bigger. Is there now, a reported shortage of jelly beans this year? I, I went to two different places. You haven't found it. I couldn't. All I could find was the little tiny ones, and I wanted well, the regular size. Trey got there before you, and he bought them all. That's, <laughs> I, I, that's what the deal is. Thinking was. it might have gone the way of toilet paper. That could have. <laughs> uh, I hope people do know the difference between <laughs> jelly beans and toilet paper. There is a big difference Very between. Nice. Don't confuse those. Now, after eating that much candy... I think we're all going to be bigger. Both candy prices and waistlines are experiencing hyperinflation. Easter egg hunts are a, kind of a weird tradition, if you think about it. I mean, you buy a lot of candy, then you hide it in your backyard. I mean, that sounds like the worst diet plan ever, right? <laughs> and then you send your kids out to find the candy that you just hid, and then you steal it back when they're asleep. Or is that just me? I don't know. I think you've hit a nerve. I think I have. <laughs> well, at least it teaches kids a very valuable lesson, that it's okay to eat the things that you pick up out of your yard. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. That's what you learn. That's exactly what you learn. Well, sadly, not everyone uses Easter candy for peaceful purposes. In Brandon, Manitoba, a store clerk confronted the shoplifter who struck him with a chocolate bunny and fled. Now, don't think the clerk was some kind of marshmallow. No, not at all. I said, don't think the clerk was some kind of marshmallow. Trey and I got it. That, Thank you. I was with you. No, it was a Mr. Solid brand, Solid Chocolate Bunny. That's a hefty weapon. The guy got caught and was charged with assault, although police admitted they'd never heard of anyone using a chocolate bunny as a weapon before. Uh, they do suspect that he was hopped up on something. Oh! Thank you. But they couldn't confirm, as the shoplifter wouldn't make a peep. Wow. <laughs> Look, I think this may call for a ban on chocolate assault bunnies. I mean, uh, we should yeah. just not have them anymore. Agreed. Well, I mean, you gotta have a permit. Well, absolutely. And we can't have crooks pointing chocolate bunnies at people and saying, hand over your wallet. I'll give you diabetes. You just can't do it. <laughs> the British newspaper, The Mirror, talked to a man whose grandfather's dog is all right, but its name is a menace. Uh, you see, he named the dog after an Egyptian deity. The dog got loose at a train station, and the grandfather ran down the crowded platform after it, yelling, Isis! Isis! Ooh. Isis! Ooh. Not a good idea. That was panic, the dog's panic. name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the grandson had to run after him, assuring people that it wasn't a terrorist attack. It was just a dog. You know, even with free speech, you can't yell ISIS in a crowded train station. No. By the way, it's why I had to rename my old dog. His name was Fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. They're a little slow out here tonight, yeah. but I think they're... Yeah. Finally, here, and that's the word they were looking for, right? <laughs> Finally. Finally, here's an actual cute dog. Alaskan Dorian Davis has a dog named Diamond that figured out how to annoy the family into letting her in. She scratches on the door, and if they don't answer immediately, she rings the doorbell with her paw. There you go. If they still don't answer, she rings the doorbell over and over and over and over. Now, it was really cute the first time. They th they're thinking about renaming their dog. They're going to name her Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> <laughs> Before our jokes Woo! lay any more eggs, we're going to hop on out of here. But until next time, always remember that we read the news. So you don't have to. Up next, film and television star Eric Close. Later, the soulful sound of country music's Corey Lane. You're watching Huckabee. Well, if you've been thinking about helping those who are hurting, those who are in need, those who are without a home, be it at our southern border or on the far reaches of the globe, you're not going to find anyone better to partner with than Samaritan's Purse. They work on the front lines of every kind of disaster, as well as poverty, displacement, and crisis. They bring essentials like food and water, medical care, shelter, and the hope of Jesus Christ. I hope you'll visit the Samaritan's Purse website or call them today and give to this great work. Thank you, and God bless you. On April the 18th and the 19th, coming right up, right away, it's going to be in theaters nationwide, Fathom Events will present a wonderful and inspiring new movie called The Mulligan. It stars my friend Pat Boone and my next guest. You know him from such hit shows as Nashville, Without a Trace, and Suits, and recent films, Legal Action, and Indivisible. Would you please welcome Eric Close. All right. Wow. Eric, I have been seeing ads on television. This looks like an exciting film. Tell us uh, what Mulligan is all about. Well, uh, the mulligan in the game of golf is uh, a second chance. So it's not part of the rules of the game of golf, but when you're out with your buddies and you're playing a game, usually on the first tee, <laughs> you, hit, you, know, you, hit, you usually hit a poor shot because you're a little nervous. And if your friends like you, they'll say, hey, take a mulligan. And it's just a, it's a chance to have a do-over. And in this film, we take this concept of the mulligan, a do-over, and we apply it to life because... As we know, we all need uh, second chances in life once in a while. We really do. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a little clip from the film, and you're going to set it up for us and tell us what we are about to see, and then we'll talk about it when it comes out. So what, what is this? Right. Well, this, this is one of the more fun scenes that we got to shoot. Uh, it's Pat Boone and I, and as you know, Pat's a friend. Yeah. Uh, he's a legend. Uh, I love him. He's a great friend, a great brother. Uh, we hit it off right away. And this was a day we spent about three-quarters of a day in this beautiful Maserati driving around <laughs> Georgia, and we had a blast. And he even threw in a couple of his songs that he recorded years ago, and so it, we had a great time. All right, let's watch it. Yeah. Let's go. I guess you're right. Fortunate people we are, Paul. Not everyone gets to golf in places like this. Ooh, this car is remarkable handling. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Rents for 500 a day. That includes insurance. Eric, somehow I have a hard time believing Pat Boone ever drove a car that fast. <laughs> yeah, that was that was such a fun scene. We had we had a great time shooting that. So this is, I mean, it's a fun movie, and it's it's got 
you in it, which is a big draw for the film, and Pat Boone, and everybody loves Pat Boone. Yeah, they but do. But there's a message behind all of this in Mulligan. What there is, is that? There is. You know, uh, there we have the the golf theme in the movie, and and in many ways, golf resembles life. The things that happen sometimes, you hit a good shot and you end up with in a bad situation, or vice versa. And but the movie really talks about second chances, about redemption, about forgiveness, and and there's freedom in that, you know. And and God gives us those second chances. I mean, that's why Jesus died on the cross for us, and so we can have that second chance. And sometimes we need it more than once. And this movie just reminds us of that. That you know, there, a lot of times, you know, people feel that they've blown it so big time that they just they're not they don't have a chance hmm. and they kind of give up and this i hope that this movie will remind people of that and also just the importance of family and friendship and uh i you know i was really honored to work on this film and, and the other great thing about it is that it's a family you can go see it's a movie you can go see with your family you're not going to be covering your kids eyes it's just a, and we need that right now that is refreshing just mm -hmm. to know that it's a family friendly movie yeah that has a message um you and pat are both avid golfers so would this film speak to people like Keith and me who wouldn't know a good golf course from a goat farm? Would it still <laughs> come through for us? Yes. Well, first of all, it's going to make sense. Uh, we won't, you won't be confused. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but it, I, I, I think anybody who goes to see the movie, they're going to understand the themes. And you don't have to be a golfer to see this movie and really enjoy it. It's, it the message is, is very clear. And I think it's exciting because it's going to be in theaters. A lot of people haven't been to a theater in two years. This is a great time to go and experience that whole moment of seeing it in a big screen, getting the popcorn, the whole thing. And you know, what I hope people will realize is that if people support great family-oriented, wholesome movies at the theater, there'll be more of them. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And if we don't support them, we won't see them. So this is a great opportunity in a time when some movie companies are abandoning their values. This is a movie that says, we really want to speak to so many of the people across the country that want to be able to take their families and their kids and encourage them with a wonderful message. Hey, you can't go wrong with a film that Pat Boone is in. I mean, let's right. face it, <laughs> it's going to be wholesome. As a cup of milk and a couple of cookies, it's going to be good. So the mulligan is going to appear in a theater near you through Fathom Events, as uh, Eric has told us, April the 18th and 19th. For all the information you need, if you'll go to Huckabee.tv, we have a direct link so you can find out that theater close to you. Go this week, take some folks with you, fill up your car, fill up the theaters, and I hope it's a great success. Eric, thank you for being here with us. Thank what you. a pleasure. Keith's going to tell us what we have with the rest of this show, but Keith, no mulligans for you, my man. None. All right. Coming up, juggling extraordinaire David DiMuzio. Later, the uplifting story of country music singer-songwriter Corey Lane. Stay with Huckabee. Next week on Huckabee, political insider Monica Crowley and rock band The Newsboys. And welcome back, everybody. David DeMuzio is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist who has written songs and recorded with many hot new artists. But that is not why he's here, believe it or not. No, he's also a gold medal world champion juggler. He combines all his skills into a one-man show that is headlined in over 90 nations. I want you to welcome a true multi-multi-talent, David DeMuzio.
That's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you very you much. You lost me with just <laughs> juggling one of them. I can't imagine uh, doing more than that. That was, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. You probably want to see something dangerous now, right? Something dangerous? As long as I'm not personally uh, vulnerable to uh, being hurt. I can't, cannot now, promise Now, Trey's that. more than willing to... Uh, Thanks, appreciate I've that. Got these, uh, oh. I've got these razor-sharp machetes right oh. here. So, just to prove... Oh, yeah! I don't even like carrots, and I really don't now. <laughs> All right, so I know, Governor, you can play yes. bass really well. You write good books. Mm -hmm. Can you juggle? Uh, no, I can't. Uh, oh, you can't juggle. But I, what then? No problem. I'm going to give you the easy part. Oh, good. Because I might hurt somebody. You can ride the unicycle. Most notably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it all you? Yeah, that, that, that'll hurt somebody. <laughs> Namely me. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yes, you are. Joking, you know. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all right, uh, Governor. Trey's always wanted to ride one of those. Stand right there and okay. look that direction. You can help me. This will Look be in this really direction? Help. Perfect. Yep, that, that's great. Okay. Just like that, just bend your knees a couple He doesn't inches. have those knives out, does he? Oh, they're the down knives, there. Knives, they come up later. Okay. <laughs> all right, so bend your knees a couple inches for me. Okay. All right, it's not a medical okay. examination, all right? So. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> if you get out a rubber glove, I'm out of here, pal. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> uh, stand up, stand up now, fast. Stand up, there you okay. Go. okay. All right, put your arm in the air. Put your uh, right arm in the air, perfect, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I got you. Okay. Good. You. Okay. I'm glad you do. Right. <laughs> You're on the uh, unicycle okay. now. Aren't now we're a, now we're a team. All right. Yes, we are. All right. I need you to pick up the knives for me one at a time. Okay. You're gonna let go of me to do no, that, no, right? No, we're a team. We're going together. Oh, okay. We're going over here together. Do you want me to kick it up with my foot like you did on those? Uh... <laughs> if you can, please. No, just pick it, pick no. it up there. Just well, I'm going to have to let go of you oh, to do okay, that, right? right. We'll, we'll move together. I'm, I'm, we're good. Yeah, let's go. You okay. Can get it. Ah, it's okay. Okay. All right, perfect. Hand me the knife. Okay. Okay, blade first, yeah. No, yeah, but, okay. Yeah, perfect. You know what? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give it to you like this. There you go. All right, there we go. Whoa! Hey. Okay, I'll get the next knife. Get the yeah. knife number two. Okay. Don't worry, I trust you. Yeah, well, I don't trust you <laughs> right now. You got all the knives, dude. And I guess you want the third one. Right. The third right? one right here. Okay. Right, here we go. Yeah. Okay, now run for your life. I will. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'm out. Give it here. up for Governor Huckabee. <laughs> Thank you. All right, now I'm going to attempt to juggle the knives on the unicycle. If these come, one of these comes flying out towards you guys, I just want you to know I am not a magician, so it is not an illusion. So duck. <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Thank you. Oh, wow. Uh, put those knives down first. There you go. Yeah, I, last time I went to see somebody with that many knives, he was my political opponent in a race for governor in Arkansas. That's good. This is great. And I want to just say to explore this amazing juggling music and other talents of David DiMuzio, here's how you do it. If you go to Huckabee.tv, you're going to find a link to all this man's incredible talents you've seen just a few of them tonight, and it has been extraordinary, David. So very happy to have you. Now, Keith Bilbrey, he's been juggling this show with one hand tied behind his back, but we don't let him have any knives, but he will let you in on what we have coming up next. Well, next, the true story and fighting spirit of country music singer Corey Lane. Stay with Huckabee. I'm still trying to wipe the sweat off from all those knives flying around me a while ago. Hey, this is a great CD. It's called Bender Break, and it's the title of country music singer-songwriter Corey Lane's latest record. 
It's apropos since Corey has experienced both bent and broken in his own life. Yeah. Corey's inspirational story is weaved into all of his music, and he sings with searing vocals and sincerity. I want you to hear it for yourself, which you'll get to do tonight, but would you please join me in welcoming Corey Lane. Good to have you here, Corey. A lot of these songs are deeply personal. Yeah. You went through a rough spot in your life. I absolutely did, yeah. And kind of hit rock bottom. Below rock bottom. Was that the turnaround for your life? And, absolutely. And that was, what, six years ago? Yeah, coming up on six years. Um, so I was a heavy addict. Mm. And uh, I was driving down the road one day, and um, I just, you know, I always say that God put a uh, fire hydrant in front of the uh, highway because if I would, I blacked out. And if I would have not hit that fire hydrant, then I would have went into the highway when there was a lot of traffic and probably, you know, a lot of people would have been killed. But there was a man that pulled over to the side of the road and I tried to see his face and it was like looking at one of these bright lights. I could never see the guy's face. And he would, if there was a before and after picture, that people can see on my socials, but he took water, put his finger in the in the scars, like in the holes, literally touching the bones. I'd, you know, broken bones all oh in my, my face. And um, I decided then to change my life. I went to uh, rehab. Um, I'm not ashamed to say it, yeah. you know, because it's part of who I am. Uh, I'm a pastor's son, so, yeah. you know, when, uh, it's your story. It's my story. Yeah. And, uh, but the guy asked me before leaving the scene of the accident, he said, is there anything I can do for you, son? Mm. And I was angry, you know, and mm. I just said, no, you know, hard. And, um, well, went to rehab, left rehab, ended up sleeping outside in Pigeon Forge in the snow for about three days, two, mm. three days, something like that. And I finally said, God, I give up. I, be, I just give up. Mm. And an old man pulled up. And I'm sorry, I get emotional talking about this. Um, <clears throat> an old man pulled up and he said the same exact words with the same voice. He said, is there anything I can do for you, son? Mm. And uh, nobody wanted me to come back home. I wouldn't have wanted me to come back home either because I was that bad of mm. a person. And... Um, uh, he looked at me, he said, now get in the car. Whole drive to Knoxville to the bus station. He asked me where I wanted to go, and I said, I just want to go home. And he called a family member and said, that had initially said no, and said, I'm sending Corey home. And they said they felt compelled to say yes. Hmm. And he told me the whole drive how much he had loved me all my life, how much he cared about me. And at first I was like, hey, man, pull over. You know, I, I don't, I don't know about all this. And he, and then he touched my chest and he said, "Corey," and I had not said my name to him. Mm. And that right there was was <laughs> the complete turning point wow. of my life. No wonder your songs have such depth, because when you sing about life going in tough places, yeah. and in, in this particular song, "Bend or Break," I mean, you've really been there. Uh, I, there's a couple of other quick things I want to mention. One, the latest single you have is a song called Searchlight. You're going to yes. be performing that later tonight yeah. for us. The lyric is very personal. Why? Um, well, you know, it's well, it, it, it pertains to everybody. It doesn't have to be about love or anything. Um, but it's kind of like leaving your past behind you mm. um, and just going. Um, but the crazy thing is, is it's been streamed more in the Ukraine than anywhere else right now. In Ukraine? Ukraine. They're streaming in Ukraine. Yes. Must be a reason. Yeah. And uh, before we go do the music, you've got a hometown concert coming up in your hometown of Pittsburgh, South Tennessee. South Pittsburgh. South Pittsburgh. Not, Pit not Pennsylvania, but no. Pittsburgh, Tennessee. South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, April the 24th uh, at 1.30. I'll be opening for Rhonda Vincent. And then Wonderful. on April the 30th, we're doing a benefit um, well, volunteer work for uh, Dawson Springs, Kentucky. They were wrecked by a tornado, mm. and uh, we're we need all boots on the ground 
And uh, we're going to go out and do that. But yeah, uh, my hometown actually. It's the National to... Cornbread Festival? The National Cornbread Festival. What could possibly well, be better than the home... Cornbread Festival? My hometown, uh, there's a staple in my hometown called Lodge Manufacturing, Lodge Cast Iron Skillet. I have a Lodge, big, honking Lodge Skillet. Well, it's here's wonderful. your Lodge griddle. I love that. And this is a gift from Lodge and my hometown wow. to you. And it is heavy. <clears throat> Especially with cornbread that's not, sweet, your, not the northern sweet cornbread. I'm talking about real cornbread that real you can cornbread. put in milk. Absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. My friend, I knew I loved you. I love you more now because you know what cornbread's supposed to Absolutely. be like. Cornbread like God <laughs> intended it. Well, as Corey gets ready to sing Keith Bilbrey, he's not going to tell you about cornbread, but he is going to tell you about more of Corey Lane's music and how you can get some of it. To purchase or stream Corey Lane's latest single or other inspiring tunes, go to Huckabee.tv. Now, while you're there, Watch Corey's online exclusive song, Bend or Break. And now, here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, along with Mike on bass, is Corey Lane. Thinking about you and where you've been Even though you're under someone else's Stars and moon that I still see up in my sky Tragedy It's sometimes all that you can see when Not what you thought it would be And it's only me And follow me this far Thinking about 